the supernatural murder FBI agents? We're not talking about X-Files. Crack a cold one with your boys and hang out for a spell as we go down this rabbit hole of a thriller. We are talking about Death Note this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody, welcome back. Are yes. you there? Are oh, you I'm there? here. Can I'm you here. hear me? I yeah. know you had a big night last night. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good one, but we're back for another episode, you know? We are, we are, man. This one's uh, this one's exciting. We're, we're getting, you know, we Death Note is your favorite. We, you've made no bones about that, and now we, I mean, we're, we're getting into it quick. Like, we're going right into your favorite here. Um, how do you feel about covering your favorite so soon on the podcast? Uh, I'm excited to, to, well, I'm more excited for you to watch it for the first time, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, this is my first time watching it, and uh Overall, I'm enjoying it so far. You know, we'll we'll dive more into that as we're going through the episodes. I have some gripes with it, but overall, I'm really really enjoying it. Now, uh, you know, you're I, I'm letting you take the wheel on this episode. Death Note is your baby, and I'm going to interject my points throughout because, um, you know, um, this is like you said, my first time watching it, and I'm really 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 enjoying it. Um, but Cody, yeah. anime is not the only thing we enjoy here. Um, I have a very important question. But even even though you had you had a big adventure last night, what you drinking? Oh. Well, Chris, the seltzer grind doesn't stop out here. Uh, <laughs> and like we said many times before, I'm trying to complete the Anheuser-Busch, you know, the entire catalog that they offer. It's true. It's not a small one. And it we is got, extensive. I believe this is, it might not be the newest, uh, but one of one of the newest entries to the Anheuser-Busch family is the Bud Light Seltzer. Mm-hmm. So that's is there a flavor to it, or is it uh, just like television static? I got them lined up, Chris. I got a lemon, lime, I got a mango, I got a strawberry, and I got a black cherry. One of, Holy one shit. Of, I don't know if we'll go through all four in this episode, but... Well, we'll see what happens. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, sounds exciting. Sounds very refreshing. I mean, it is still... You know, we're coming down the end of the summer months. I guess it technically is fall. Or, or no, or no, I think it's still summer, technically, yeah, right? Yeah, like we're, still, okay. we're still summer. Um, okay. Yeah, so so it fits. It fits the mood. Uh, but, Chris, what about you? What are you drinking today? Oh, man. I'm also cracking cold ones here. But you know what? I, 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 may, I came to this realization yesterday that so far we've been all shonen and you know very light on the suds so we're going to talk about beer for a second cody um i'm drinking a watermelon goza uh from a relatively local brewery here in virginia they're called three notch they're out of charlottesville which is you know about 45 minutes closer to an hour away from richmond where i live in virginia um so you know, just to give a real quick brief uh, beer lesson, a Goza is a German style of beer um, originated in the, the town or village, whatever you want to call it, of Goslar. Um, but it really didn't become popular. And we're talking like we're talking like the like the 13th, 14th century. We're going way back there. You know, beer uh, just to kind of bring it all together for the longest time in human history. Fermented drinks, beer, meads, things like this were pretty much safer to drink than water for most people. It's kind of weird to think about now, but you got to figure, Cody, if you were lived in a village that had a water source, everything happened in that water. You cleaned yourself, you cleaned your clothing, you you, you defecated, you did everything in that water. Um, so you sure shit weren't drinking it. So you had to have some way, you know, you had to have something, you know, that's, you know, so a lot of times beer, mead, wines, things like this, fermented drinks to kill the bacteria um, were usually what people were drinking. Um, but in this case, um, it's a, it's a beer that became very popular in the town of Goslar. Um, and then it kind of migrated to a different region of Germany. Uh, Leipzig, I believe is the city that it really became big in. Um, 
and it just kind of became a, a regional staple for the longest time. They're they're typically the style. They're typically sour because they're brewed primarily with uh, like wheat is the primary grain on the grain bill, uh, and they're also um, open fermented, so you get a lot of natural um, bacteria in the air into the beer, and that's kind of what um, I want to say. What activates the yeast here? Um, not to go too deep into the rabbit hole because I could do a whole separate podcast talking about beer. Um, but ultimately, the flavors here are there. It's it's sour. It's kind of lemony and tart, uh, salty as well. Um, very very popular during this time of the year um, in America. Um, it recent it just became really big in the last few years. And what's really made it um, popular is how easy it is in, to infuse with fruit flavors. Uh, and that's what I'm drinking today. I am drinking a watermelon goza. Uh, this one is a traditional goza, and it's um, infused with uh, like watermelon puree. Um, lots of different flavors, actual watermelon. So, um, so you're going to get something that's going to be tart, refreshing, slightly salty. I don't know about you, Cody, but I'm one of those people. I like to sprinkle a little bit of salt on my watermelon. So, (laughs) so it kind of works itself out. If you don't know how to eat watermelon, I urge you all to get on uh, YouTube and look up Petey Green. Um, he'll show you, uh, Petey, P-E-E-T-Y Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, I believe. Um, and he will show you how to eat a watermelon properly. Well, all right, folks, that is your beer lesson for the week brought to you by that our is. very own And Chris. your watermelon lesson, too. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> brought, you, good, brought to you by our very own Chris Adams. Uh, he will be here every week, you know, dropping dropping the lessons on, on our alcohol because I don't know anything about it. But, but Yeah. Well, know, I mean, I'm just you're like, drinking a... I'm like Anheuser-Busch, okay. yes, that's what I know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because, like, that's a traditional German-style lager. I mean, it's not... It doesn't follow traditional German laws because I'm pretty certain AB brews most of their beer with rice as the primary grain, rice or corn. Um, but traditionally, uh, there's there's laws in Germany. They're called the Reinhatsgebot. They're called Germany pure, German purity laws, where pretty much for the longest time in Germany, if you were making beer, it could only include water, barley, yeast, and hops. That is it. That is it. And you, otherwise, you couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, until like, and that thing started getting exempt further down the road. And I think so. Maybe sometimes people realize that hey, they're full of shit. We can do other things here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to say, I want to say Bud Light is barley, wheat, yeast, mm-hmm. hops. Wait, barley, wheat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It says it on the side of the thirty pack. I'll have to go. If we have an indeed. intermission, I'll check and I'll get back with the get back with the listeners. You know. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But you know what? Beer isn't the only thing we talk about here. You know, we're mostly shown in here, but I want I want to take a time and uh, just a minute and highlight the suds. Um, but Cody, let's just get right into the tail of the tape here. We are talking about Death Note, um, your absolute favorite. Um, just some quick uh, quick little facts here. Uh, Death Note was originally a uh, it was in the Shonen Jump Weekly um, from 2003 to 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, it was then uh, in 2006 adapted into an anime series that ran for about a year and a half um, or all, maybe a little bit less than a year because it was like October of 2006 to like like June of 2007 or something like that. Yes, but, um, something like that. Yep, it's 37 episodes. It's directed by Tetsuro uh, Araki, and I'm probably saying that wrong because I apologize, and written by uh, Toshiki uh, Inoue. I'm, again, I'm probably saying that wrong as well, so I apologize for my, my gringo-ass dialect trying to pronounce these names. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect, because um, so far I'm very, very much digging the show. And on this episode, we're going to cover the first 12 episodes. 
Um, we're pretty much doing it. So for those watching along with us, we're doing 12, 12, 13. And Cody, I believe we said we're doing that because episode 25 is a like a recap episode, you said. So that's just a good way. I mean, essentially, so we're essentially doing 12, 12, 12. And then there's a fucking recap right in the middle of it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to double check while we're while we're talking just to make sure I have that episode right. It might end up being 12, then 13 next. Uh, sure. Just because I can't remember if, if the recap's 25 or 26, but I'll find out. Yeah, and we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Um, and I'm sure we'll have that answer for you before the end of the cast. You know, we keep it candid here. We're, we're rolling nonstop. Now, Cody, this is, I, I'm, I'm a Death Note virgin. My, my name is in the book for the first time. No, I hope not. I hope it's never in that book. Um, but you have quite the extensive history with Death Note. Why don't you, why don't you talk about talk about how you uh, came to you know how you came across this anime and kind of what it means for you? Yeah, I think the first time I ever even heard a rumor about it was probably I don't know, probably like 2010. Uh, it's really mm-hmm. I know it's way after the show day and everything like sure. that. Um, but I really hadn't been too big on anime. Uh, mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. That's when I really really started to dive into it uh and really like just start going through series by series um before that i'd really just watched like dragon ball z occasionally and stuff like that sure. um <clears throat> but when i first started watching death note i remember i had a jailbroken ipod touch mm-hmm. if anybody remembers an ipod touch i don't even know if they still make those things um pretty much the iphone before the iphone came about yeah and uh i would download episodes totally illegally off of uh some app, I don't even know what it's called. But I remember we I had to steal the Wi-Fi from the neighbors. And uh, that's how I, I first dove into Death Note. I remember I, I downloaded like three episodes, or three or four episodes. And I remember once like the bus scene happens, which we'll get to later, I was oh, I, yeah. I was completely into it. I was like, I can't, I can't stop that's watching That's actually this. my favorite episode that we've watched so far. Yeah, from then on, then I like, I remember I, I'd be standing outside with my, my iPod up in the air trying to download, trying to get some kind of Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, just because my dad, he's he's not he's not very technologically uh, like savvy, I would say. Mm-hmm. So he's got like the old flip phone, you know. He oh shit! He doesn't venture far into the technology. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so, so we your, had, your dad is pretty much Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. Something like that, yeah. We uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, but that's how I downloaded my first episodes of Death Note, and I watched the entire series that weekend, um, all thirty-seven episodes. Nice. And uh, ever since then, I've really, it's been my favorite by far. Um, I know it's not the best, um, and we'll get into some of the gripes we have about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how, I, that's how I first initially got into Death Note. Um, but Chris, I think we should just dive right into this. Let's do it, man. I said, you, you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tossing you the keys. I'm going to, you know, start skiing Hutch like Dukes of Hazard slide over the hood. I'm getting into the passenger seat. Start the engine, Cody. We're going right in again. We're going to through the first 12 episodes yep and uh so we start off episode one um kind of begins we're in another world basically which is actually the the shinigami realm it's very gray and gloomy mm-hmm. yeah and uh we see these like obviously i said shinigami realm um, but at this point we don't know exactly what they are they just look like these creepy yeah, very demon-esque very yeah. uh yeah they're they're, they're they're not human that's for damn sure yeah, and they're like gambling, or like, uh, and we're introduced to our first character, which is Ryuk, mm-hmm. um, and he's a Shinigami, which is a god of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're kind of also at the same time we're introduced to our main character, Light Yagami, 
And he's like, they're kind of flashing back and forth between these two. He's sitting in a classroom, kind of just daydreaming. I will say this, uh, Ryuk, when I saw his face, I was like, he looks like a fucking killer clown. Like killer clowns from outer space, that's what his face looks like to me. It was the first thing I thought of. No, absolutely, yeah. He, he's pretty terrifying to look at. Uh, oh, absolutely. But basically, Light's, he's just chilling in the classroom, kind of bored. Like, you can tell he's not very interested. He's actually, like, super smart, so most classroom things don't really interest him. Uh, yeah, you get that right off the bat. Because um, I, I don't know if they say it here or later on in the episode, that he's pretty much top of his class, like, in everything. Yeah, he's, like, number one in the nation. He's, I mean, he's, like, a genius. Um, but they basically, it comes to a point where they say that this world is rotten. Where, she, yep. like, Ryuk's talking about the Shinigami realm, and Light's talking about the real world. Uh, and then light, we see him, he's looking out the window, and we see the death note fall from the sky. Yep, yeah, you see a, a notebook just out of nowhere, and he and he, he catches his eye, and he, he sees it fall to the ground, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, so he actually, after class lets out, he walks over to the death note, picks mm-hmm. it up, and it says, the human's name who is written in this notebook shall die. Yeah, doesn't he, he like picks it up first, and doesn't he like put it down, like he puts it back down, like, like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like put, almost like almost like a fuck this kind of thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I need this shit in my life. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's just some kind of prank, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a chain. He refers it to a chain letter, which it's kind of funny. After he refers it to a chain letter, he like stops and is like, is like maybe I should just go pick it up. Yeah, we kind of flashed to where he's like walking, and now he's got it in his bag. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically, he just wants to, you know, test it out just to see what happens. Yeah, because uh, to put that into a little bit of context, I know um, going back to him saying the world is rotten, I know that he's constantly like you're, you're seeing things on the news all the time about murders and, you know, and just robberies, pretty much just the, the, the Mount Rushmore of crime just happening pretty much all the time. Yeah, it's basically just a bunch of crime. You kind of hear like it's like a radio dispatcher type thing or like a news story or something playing while he's walking. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he wants to test out the Death Note. And he turns on the news, and there's actually... I want to say it's like a hostage situation. Yep. Where this guy's like in a school. he got mm-hmm. people at gunpoint, all this stuff. Uh, and they, they, they bring up his face and his name onto the TV screen. And that's one of the rules of the Death Note. The person's has to know their... They have to know their name when they're writing it, and they have to think of their face, basically. Yep. Uh, so he writes this guy's name... After 40 seconds, he's supposed to have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he's like, oh, this is just a joke. And right before he's about to turn off the TV, we, you see the hostages coming out of the building. And the guy's mm-hmm. dead. He's collapsed dead. And then he, he's like, the death note's real. Like, Yeah. He, he well, like, that, the first time he's like, hmm, that seems, that seems a little too, yeah. I mean, he's, he's. <clears throat> He's convinced, but he's not convinced. I mean, he, he's he's logical, so you know he wants to. He, I believe he wants to do it a second time, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, so he actually he goes to class and he's kind of he, he has night classes as well. Um, mm-hmm. And he's kind of looking around his classroom. He's kind of deciding like I don't want to kill anybody that's like too close to me that where the police might get suspicious or something like that. Just in case it mm-hmm. does work and it is real. Uh, and we kind of move along. We see a lady, and she's getting kind of like they got all these thugs that are like kind of pressuring her into this like like this alleyway. They're basically like essentially trying to like rape. Oh this yeah, woman. They, they they try to pull her britches off and everything. Yeah, and uh, the guy actually introduces himself to her, like the main thug, 
Yeah, like a dumb fuck. Yeah, he says his full name, and, and Light's just sitting there with the notebook, and he he writes the name, right. and, he, and he writes... Because the death note, in the rules, it lists that you can you can specify the way of death and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. if you want him to be hit by a car, if you want him to get struck by lightning. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. Yeah, because you, can't you even set, like, the date and time? You can be like, well, on October 31st, I want a tree to fall on his head or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you can you can set all kinds of different rules. Uh, and Light's basically, this is just the beginning of him starting to experiment with it. So he writes this guy's name. I think he specifies that he'll get hit by a truck. Yep. Yeah, he says, yeah, like, like yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he puts anything else specific other than just a traffic accident or something like that. Yeah, and the lady, she kind of breaks away from him and starts to run, and he chases after her. And, and then, as sure as God's got sandals, a fucking Peterbilt just comes out of nowhere. Yep. And, and that turns him into fucking street pizza. I love it. Yeah, and there, this is where light. There's no no bones about it. The death note is real. Yep. Uh, and this is actually he heads back home, and I want to say this is where we first meet Ryuk. Yeah, um, well, because it, it cuts back, and I want to say it after this point, he it cuts back to him, and he's like all the other de- uh, Shimi, uh, Shimigami or Shikigami. Shinigami. Shinigami. I was yeah, way go. off. Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. Um. But they're, they're like giving him shit because he's he's because he lost his death note. Yeah, he he. We basically see that he dropped his death note into the human world. Yep, and that's when he just I guess at this point he kind of makes his way to the human world. Yeah, to, we, I guess get it back or see who's got it. What's going on? Yeah, he's just bored, really. I think of the Shinigami realm. Uh, Definitely, you and we see also that have to. Every time we also it. have to take note here that Ryu has his own death note as well as the death note he dropped. So he has two death notes. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So he basically goes down to see who has his death note. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when Light, I think Light goes into his room, and Ryuk is, yep. he like appears there. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure when he gets home, that's when you realize that he's like top of the because he has like his uh his interest exam results or some shit like that. He gives them to his mom, and he's you know excelling in all categories. He's number one. Um, and he's just like I'm going to my room. Right, yeah. And we're also introduced to Light's mother, um, which I can't remember her name. Ah, um, Mama Light sounds good to me. Um, and then we were introduced to his, his sister, uh, which yep. is, that's Sayu. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he goes into his room, uh, and this is where Reek basically appears. Uh, yep. <laughs> and kind of scares Light, because obviously he's a demon, basically. Mm-hmm. And Ryuk notices that Light has written a bunch of names in the Death Note at this point, like... We kind of, I think it flashes forward a little bit here. Uh huh. Well, yeah, because it's a. I want to say it was what, like forty or fifty names or something. It was a pretty. I want to say it was either fifty or like two hundred. Like he's done a lot in like five days, and that's. uh, I want to pause here for a second because this that when this scene takes place and you see like pages of fucking names, I'm like, this kid's a fucking sociopath, like right off the bat. Like I just, I was just thinking, this kid's right, and and that's when I kind of had like, I, it's not so much a gripe as it is. I was like, this seems really odd for for just some incredibly intelligent kid just to just to murk two hundred people, be they criminals, even though they are criminals. It just seems like he's literally taken so many lives in five days with like the smallest, with like out the slightest bit of remorse. So it, it's more disturbing than anything else. Yeah, he has an extremely strong sense of justice, and it's, like, way over the top. Um, yeah, it is black and white. There's no gray. It's like, he, his, oh, uh, you, stole a, you stole a candy bar, you're dead. Like, Pretty much. Well, I guess 
Not maybe not that extreme, but oh, it's pretty fuck. It's it's damn close. It is damn close. But yeah, so Ryu kind of introduces himself. They're talking back and forth uh, about the Death Note, um, and Light's talking about that he's killing criminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, he's passing judgment, and uh, he essentially wants to take care of all the evil doers in the world and become the god of this quote unquote new world that he believes in. Yep, and kind of like, and I guess he's just doing the heart attack thing because he hasn't really. You've seen a couple um, in the book, if you look at it, that he's picked some specific causes of death. But the the heart attack is kind of the default, um, you know, method of method to the madness. Um, and pretty much he's just using that, like you said, um, as a way to have people like somebody's passing judgment on them. And hopefully the more this happens, everybody will kind of conform to, I guess, his vision of good. Right. And I think that's what I think this is where episode one ends, actually. Uh-huh. Ryuk says something like humans are so interesting yada 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 basically Ryuk's I think just happy to to not be bored because the, yep. Shin- and, and, the Shinigami ahead. the Shinigami realm is just like he says something along the lines I don't know if it's in the first episode or not but the, mm-hmm. that like the Shinigami realm like all they do is gamble and like if you mm-hmm. actually write names in your death note like they, the other Shinigami make fun of you because mm-hmm. basically the Shinigami they have they all have their own death note and they can kill off any human they want and then gain their remaining lifespan for themselves. Yep. Yeah, that, go, that comes into play a little bit more uh, a little bit later with the uh, when we talk about the, the eyes, the Shinigami eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we go, go into episode two. Uh, kind of the same old story. He's still going to school. And when he gets home, he's basically writing names. Every name that gets broadcast... Uh, for like for like major crimes like murders, um, mm-hmm. really anything, nothing like like I said, steal a candy bar earlier. But he's he doesn't actually do stuff like that. It's mostly like the more heinous criminals, like yeah, um, murderers. I know he's had some. <clears throat> he 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 does it. I don't know if he's had any yet, but I want to say in one of the episodes coming up, he uh, somebody who was like accused or convicted of sexual assault, he slaps them in the notebook as well. Right. Um, so this is where we really get to meet Sayu, uh, Light's little sister. She uh-huh. comes up and she's asking if he can help with her homework. Um, so Light kind of hides the notebook, and while he's going to help Sayu uh, with her homework, Ryuk warns him. He's like, "Hey, don't let her touch that notebook because if she touches it, she's going to be able to see me as well." Yep. So it's kind of like Ryuk's not trying to help Light out. He just kind of leaves him like a little breadcrumb trail of like, "Oh, hey, by the way, if this happens." Yep, and he uh, and after that, that's when he shows like the elaborate ass fucking mousetrap style fucking. No, not not quite yet, not quite yet, not quite yet. Yeah, but no. I know he's got this elaborate fucking trap in his. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is where like you really find out that he's a true genius, like how he built that mm-hmm. thing. Um, then we kind of flash to the the International Criminal Police Organization or the ICPO. ICPO baby. They're kind of having this like gigantic meeting uh Mm -hmm. i guess it's just like certain agents from all over the world are coming Mm -hmm. together and they're trying to figure out what's causing all these criminals to die uh and this is where we meet light's father uh and then i think matsuda's there with him so we basically meet two of the fbi agents that are in japan or icpo agents i should say um Mm -hmm. and they start to bring up l and uh l basically 
Matsuda doesn't know who he is. Um, so Light's dad kind of tells him he's like basically like the greatest investigator in the world. Yep, the world's greatest detective, and we're not talking Batman here. That's right. Um, <clears throat> and then we also are introduced to Watery, uh, and he's kind of like this older man who basically does he does all the talking really for L. Um, yep. And nobody knows what their their actual names are. They're never revealed, and nobody's really even seen L. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, L is taking over the investigation, and basically, he he's trying to he's trying to catch Kira because like he's the greatest detective in the world, and he's trying to figure out basically what's causing yeah, all these murders. Fifty two deaths in five days is a pretty massive amount. So yeah, it was it was around fifty. Um, so yeah, I, I and I this was this moment right here is where I was like, okay, uh, this this is something a little bit more my speed, like. Cody, because I don't know if you know this, once you pass 30, your interests become exclusive to World War II documentaries, true crime documentaries, and like homicide serial killer stories. It just happens. You just, you'll turn that corner one day. You don't understand it now, but once you pass 30, you will. It's okay. Um, <laughs> well, I have an so, interest in all those things anyhow. So. Oh, oh, there you go. Well, yeah. they become like, it's either like watch something you like. Like right now, it's like I either want to watch serial killer documentaries or I want to watch wrestling. Like that's kind of where I'm at in my life <laughs> at this point. Um, but this was the scene. I liked the fact that I said, okay, cool. So this is, you know, we're, we've got like almost like a, like not so much a manhunt yet, but th- this is garnered. Like this isn't just your local fucking, you know, your local gumshoes here. This has got like an international task force attached to it because <clears throat> beer burp, and I'm getting ready to crack number two. Um, like I like the fact that this is just this is much bigger than just a local your local Smokies you know checking out something here. There's a lot of deaths and somebody clearly understands that it is not what it seems to be. So th- this was where like I really started like turning my head. The first episode didn't hook me quite yet, um, but when it got to this point, I was like, okay, I think I'm in for this. Yeah, and L L also before this meeting ends, he also ex- expresses that he believes that the murderer is residing in Japan. Which is kind of like a lucky guess, but I mean, he is the best detective in the world, so. Yep. It's something that I can allow. Like, I might have a minor gripe about that. Like, it is a super lucky guess, um, but mm-hmm. he'll find out definitely here in a little bit. Um, this is where Chris, we flash to Light and Ryuk, and Light's like going through some garbage and like putting together this elaborate drawer trap. Oh man, you a- turn the crank <laughs> and snap the plank and shoot the ball right down the chute. Yeah, it's like this crazy drawer. He, he fixes his drawer so if anybody were to find the death note, it would basically burst into flames. Ignite it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. And it was uh, it was, it was was very different. I mean, I, I expected, like, the false bottom. I was like, okay, that makes sense, right? But then it was like, oh, no, fucking buckle up. It's not just a false bottom. So you've got this thing. It creates the connection, and then it'll go around and just uh, light the gasoline tube, and it's like, whoa, wait a goddamn minute. Yeah. Yeah, and Ryuk's totally fascinated with it. Um, Yep. But yeah, this is where, like, you see more criminals, they're dying, Light's filling up his notebook real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is where they kind of dub him as the nickname Kira. Uh, Yep, which they say is because of a translation of the word killer. mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, And there's, like, fan websites popping up. I mean, people are talking about it because the people that are doing good, they kind of, they, like, respect Kira uh, because he's Mm kind of, taking care of the problem like nobody wants murderers out on the streets or anything like that um oh yeah and we all know the wheels of justice and then you know and there's 
there's kind of a weird, real world connotation to this. Like we all know the wheels of justice turn very, very slow. The justice system is not fair. Um, and sometimes you hate to see, you know, a murderer walk free just as much as you hate to see an innocent man get locked up. So, you know, this, this kind of takes some of that out of the equation, right? Like if, if you've, again, going back to the hostage situation, you've got somebody who's there to do harm. Well, you know what? He's not doing harm anymore and everybody is safe. So again, a little extreme, but I can see why people would get behind that. Yeah. And uh, while Light's watching TV basically to catch any broadcasts of any criminals, um, a special broadcast comes across. And it's uh, a man named Lind L. Taylor. Um, oh, man. And he basically introduces him, introduces himself as L. Yep. And he starts talking about that Kira will face justice. Um, oh. Kind of gives this whole little speech. And this this really pisses Light off. Um, so Light, basically, he's got he's got the face. He's got the name. He writes the name down. 40 seconds later, Taylor, like, Lind L. Taylor collapses. And, um, yep. Then we get L's little logo that pops up on the screen yep fucking got his ass got and this, his ass yeah, and this is the real l and he's he's kind of surprised he's like wow i didn't think that would work um mm-hmm. and he kind of reveals that not only did he well, guess that japan would be where akira might be he the one by one they were broadcasting this throughout every country yep and he broadcasted this to the kanto region of japan uh because it's like the most popular i think is what it is um and it turns out he was right. So, like, they've narrowed it down to he's in the Kanto region of Japan. Um, it really just catches Light off guard. He, he kind of gets careless. This is the first time we see him kind of slip up over the in the series. Yep. Absolutely. And then they also realize that also, too, like, whoever this L person is, is, is definitely not one to be fucked with. Like, he, again, like, the fact that he literally sacrificed some, just some mouthpiece, some, just some patsy, um, because I, I, you know, he says he's surprised that it works. I'm, I'm pretty sure he fucking knew it was gonna work. Um, because like the words that Lynn Taylor were saying were pretty, like, pretty, like, matter of fact. Like, we will catch you. We will, you know, bring you to justice. You know, the killings will stop. And it's like, nope, he's dead. And so, like, it only makes sense. And I do love the fact that they pulled the old fucking okie doke on him. How the broadcast was only happening in that region. So the person, so. Kira has to be in that region. That's the only way he would have seen this thing take place. So, like, it's just one of these really crazy, like, deductive reasoning things, man. Like, I love that shit, dude. I love fucking ace detective work. Right. And uh, it, this is probably where I really started to get addicted to the show. Uh, just because it, it's like a battle of the minds now. You got Light versus L. Yes. Uh, they both have their thoughts on what, like, real justice is. Um, and this is where yep. we, we really begin the battle of wits between those two. Yep. It's an it's a, it's a ongoing chess match, and I really, really like that. Uh, but, yeah, then moving right along, we're in episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting – They we're kind of getting this Kira task force starting to get assembled here. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, Elle's talking through this laptop that Watcher he carries with him. He's not there yet. Um, mm-hmm. He plans to be on his way. Uh, he's already, like – guess that it's going to be a it's probably a student just because the timings of when the killings are happening yep um so he's kind of just really getting the ball rolling on this whole entire investigation but anyhow we find out that this is where we learn that light's father basically he's like the chief of police kind of gets a little bit of family time which he's not really used to 
Yep, and he's like the fucking, he's like one of the heads on the fucking task force. It's so wild. Yeah, and he, at this point he's trying to keep it really, hush. really like a hush-hush from his family because this is like, I mean, this is the biggest case in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, he's continuing to, uh, to kill people. Um, he's, he's starting to learn that he shouldn't, like, keep a pattern, so he's, he's putting the, he's changing the times of when these criminals are dying. So like on one side you see an L determining that the student because of the criminal the time of when they're dying, uh-huh. and then we see L or we see light kind of adjust to that without even knowing that L's has found yep. out that he might be a student basically. Yeah, there's always this. There's excuse me. There's this constant sense of trying to think one step ahead of the other, and I really really like that. Um, the show gives me a very Dexterish kind of vibe in that regard, like. He doesn't, again, like you just said, he doesn't even know that this is what L is thinking, but he's like, I need to switch things up so it doesn't become predictable. Um, it's it just really, really smart stuff here. And I, I th- th- this is, th- this whole concept here is what really got me into it. So for sure, yeah, keep going, man. Yeah. And like, while Light adjusts his times to where the killer or the people will die within like hours where he's not just off from school. Yep. L automatically assumes that Kira can control the time of his death, of the criminal's death. So it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's like a just constantly back and forth. Like, you think this person's up a little bit? Oh nope. Mm-hmm. But like, basically, he's talking to Ryuk, and he's like, L will soon start to suspect that Kira is somebody from the police force or who has connections to the police force. Um, yep, because there he he does make a pattern here, though. It's like they they're dying like an hour. Like now they're dying like an hour apart from each other. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but like, it's like he's fabricating a pattern to make mm-hmm. it seem like it's somebody who has access to all of this information. Right, which Light actually does because his father is the chief of police. Yeah. Yep, he fucking. I don't know if he if he's done it yet, but he like copied all of the fuck. He like hacked into the fucking his dad's computer and got all the all the police files. Yeah, he has access basically to everything. Um, yep. Still doesn't have L's name or like Watery's name or anything like that. Um, and this is where we we first start seeing uh, some of the police officers start to resign, um, mostly because they're scared. Like they're oh yeah, like their their names are public. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like you can just look up the ta- like any task force basically and find out all the names of the people outside of L, of course. Yep. Um. So this is where we first start seeing them start to resign. Yep. Fucking badge and gun on my desk. Yeah, they're they're out of here. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They're they're definitely uh, and that that's why I like the um, the, this is where that kind of that that moral compass doesn't always point north on L because like you like he literally killed Lynn Taylor who was not a bad guy at all, and now the police are worried that you know like again it goes back to his really fucking warped sense of justice that he's he's so caught up in what doing what he thinks is right that he will kill anybody that gets into his way whether they're innocent or not and, and i mean let's be honest like these guys are fucking frightened of that now we'll actually make one little correction there chris uh mm-hmm. Lind- lindell taylor was sentenced to die that day he was on death row. oh was he okay You're yeah right. um so that's why l used him as like a pawn because he was gonna Very die that day anyhow Very um interesting. but like you said light do- light doesn't know that like as far as light knows l's just an investigator yep he hasn't committed murder um so like you said he's gonna he's willing to do what it, whatever it takes to make this new world a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is 
Uh, Watsuri actually informs L that the FBI is in Japan now, uh, and he's instructed them to kind of follow like those, like the police personnel, families, and like those around him. So, mm-hmm. and actually, Ryuk is the one who tells Light, "Hey, someone's following you." By the way. Yep. Um. So Light's kind of worried about that. But yeah, and then he heads home. Now he's kind of he's a little bit more cautious now because now he knows somebody's following him. Um. He knows that. L's instructed basically the people to keep track of those around the police. Uh, and this is where Ryuk, he kind of tells Light, uh, he kind of gives them the backstory on like Shinigamis and like they can't die, essentially. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, even if they shoot us in their head, we won't die. Yeah, this is where they talk about the, uh, the, the eyes. Yeah, he talks about the Shinigami eyes, which you can actually see a person's name and their lifespan above their head. Um, but to earn these Shinigami eyes, Light would have to give up half of his remaining lifespan. Yep. Which, um, and you don't really know what that is. I like how he kind of explains it. It's like, you know, if you live to be 50, I'll get 25 years. If you live another year, I'll get six months. So, like, it, it, I, I like that concept of him not really knowing how much longer he's going to live. It's, just, it's, it's a total crapshoot, an absolute total crapshoot. Um, one thing we did we, we kind of glossed over is that we do realize here that the FBI have actually come to Japan and to aid in this investigation, which is important. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more here coming up. Because we're going to episode four now. That's pretty much when episode three ends when they start talking about the the eyes and the lifespan. Yeah, and then episode four kind of starts off lights. Now he's really starting to to kind of experiment with the Death Note to see what all he can do. Now, one thing. Um, I, while I'm thinking about it, one thing I don't like about this anime is it's it's very it's very stereotypical in anime where it's like they love to repeat everything like a hundred times, and they mention that like this like I want to say the episode last episode three ended with them talking about the eyes. And episode four has them repeat that whole fucking diatribe again. Um, they do that a lot in this show. They'll they'll say something and then they'll completely repeat it again. And then, the, then the, somebody else will completely repeat it again. It's like I fucking got it the first time, um, I, and that, and you find that a lot in anime. Like every di- every bit of dialogue is like explaining literally everything that's going on. Then the next person that talks in the conversation explains it all again. Um, I fucking hate that, um, and that happens a lot in this show. That's one of my big gripes. If that's probably my biggest gripe, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's something that happens in a lot of animes, like you said. Um, and maybe it's just something where, like, it makes sense where if it ended on that, that it would begin on that. Just because if you think when the show first the came out, like, because it's a weekly show, we're not all meant to binge watch on Netflix like we do. Um, mm-hmm. But this is 2020, and that's how we do it. So, <laughs> yep. um, but it is yep, something. No, I agree, cause, it yeah, is something TV that shows do that too. Yeah, no, I, I agree though. But I've seen in a lot of animes like where they'll they'll have a scene happen and then they'll they'll repeat that scene like two episodes down the road, and it's like, I know this happened. And then while they're doing the repeat, the person having the, the the memory will say it all again. It's like, fucking pick one or the other. I don't need both. Right. This is where it lights. He's starting to do some experiments on prisoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're getting, he's having them like, he's trying to really just experience or experiment with what he can do with the death note. Like he has one, they're leaving notes, they're drawing paintings. Um, yep. He tries to get one to draw L's face, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, which obviously it didn't work. So Light's learning like the ins and out of the Death Note, even stuff that like Ryuk doesn't even understand. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but Light's basically, now he's trying to figure out who this person is that's following him. Uh, so he, he sets up a date uh, with this girl, Yuri. Oh, this this whole part is my favorite yeah. part that I've watched in the in the show so far. And like, as a viewer, you're just thinking, he's just trying to figure out the name of this guy that's following him, yada, yada, yada. Yep. Um, but he, uh, he's got this whole plan out that we don't see. Uh, but basically, they get on this bus and they're headed to Space World. Yep, on a nice little afternoon date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we kind of flash to the to the character. His name's Ray Pember. He's the FBI mm-hmm. agent that's been tasked to to follow Light, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see things from his angle and from Light's angle. Because pretty much at this point, the FBI is following family members of the police officers to kind of el- to eliminate the police officers and their families one by one. At least that's the vibe I got. Because before he gets on the bus. Um, Ray Pember makes a note in his in his notebook, his little journal, that he can, you know, it's you know he's at, he you know, he's doing this at this time, doing this at this time. Seems like a normal student, um, following like, like following to remove all doubt or something like that. Yeah, he's he's very like unsuspecting of light. Um, yes, very much so. But like you said, they get on this bus ride, um, and at one of the stops. This drug, this like drug dealer guy, he's like a criminal that's been on the news recently. Yep. Uh, he comes on the bus and points a gun at the driver. He's yep. like, "Hey, everybody, nobody move." Yada yada yada. Um, and this is where I think Light he passes a note to the girl that he's with. Yep. He's saying that like he'll knock him out or something like that. Uh, and Ray Pember is actually sitting behind him, and he's like, "Hey, don't do that." That's a, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like. Well, since he's keeping watch on Light, obviously he's going to notice that. And this is where Light mm-hmm. kind of starts to suspect, suspect that, that this is the guy that's been following him. Yep, but he does it in such a really cool way because he's like, you know, because like, he pretty much, like, Ray Pember says that he's he's a federal agent, um, but Light's like, well, how do I know you're not in on it? Like, I need to see some credentials. Um, it, it's, the, it's the oldest trick in the book. You've got one guy who's hijacking the bus, but then he's got an accomplice in the back you know, waiting to, to get away or, you know, or remove, you know what I mean? I forget what he says, but like, but light definitely is like, you know, you're, how do I know you're not in on it is really the big thing here. Yeah. And so that raids like, okay, I'll show him my ID just to prove that I am who yep. I am. Fucking got him. And lights Fucking like, got him. Yeah. So Ray, Ray Pember basically just, I don't know, he signed his own death certificate really there. Pretty much. Uh, and this is where light, he like I think he drops a piece he has like a piece of the death note yep and he like drops it on the floor on purpose and then when he goes to reach for it the guy's like hey don't move and then he comes back grabs the note and, and uh, then he can fucking see Ryuk yeah now that's... now he can see Ryuk um, and it kind of surprises Ryuk Ryuk's like oh you can see me like uh uh-huh. so this guy starts unloading bullets all this stuff tells the bus to stop and he, he goes to run away from the bus and he like falls and gets hit by a car. Fucking street pizza number two. Yep. And uh, Ray Pember leaves. Uh, and Light basically he gets away scot free. Turns out he had this whole thing planned. Yep. Uh, just so from, fucking clever. Yeah, he just from experiencing or experimenting on the prisoners before, he's learned like more and more of what the Death Note can do. So he had this whole plan where this guy would come on the bus, attempt to hijack. I don't know. It was like reveal a demon before him or something like that, basically. Saying where he would see Ryuk. 
uh, and then get struck by a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's one of the like the craziest scenes I've ever probably seen in any anime. Um, it's just, like you said, it's so clever, the way that he did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that pretty much, I think that about wraps up that episode. Um, but yep, yeah, that's, that's the end of that episode because now th- this episode's really good too. Like I love this whole from the bus to pretty much. Um, I want to say that this is the episode where he is this the episode where Ray Pember dies. Jumping yeah. ahead, spoiler alert. Yeah, I do um, believe this is the one. Yeah. Yeah, like that 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 whole like arc was just such great fucking storytelling. But yeah, let's get right because yeah, that this episode starts up, you know, not so much right where it left off, but like. I want to say maybe a little bit of time has passed, but I don't know. Yeah, I think Light, Light basically wants to wait a week before he kills him. Um, yep. But he's not just going to kill him. He's going to uh, do a lot more than that. Boy, howdy, does he. Uh, so this is where they're like at this, like, it's like a train station, but there's like some shopping areas around too. Um, mm-hmm. And Light basically approaches Ray from behind, and he's like, hey, I'm Kira. Ray, Ray hasn't turned around at this point. He's basically like, if you turn around, I'll kill you. And, like, proves that he is Kiro. He, like, kills some dude that's off at, like, the coffee mm-hmm. shop or something like that. Uh, who's also, like, a an accused criminal that got away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where he kind of uses Ray uh, to figure out, the, like, the 12 FBI agents that have been sent to Japan. Yep. He gives him a fucking piece of the death note. Yeah, he's, like... He's threatening to kill him, and he's threatening to kill his fiance because Light's done his research on Ray Pember. Um, yep, and you've met his fiance once already. I don't know if you've met his fiance first, or you meet him, meet we, her in another scene. We've kind of seen her in another scene, like when Ray gets home from work. He's like, "Yeah, man, you wouldn't believe and, what happened. I was on a bus and it got hijacked. Yada yada yada." Yep, and what's important is she's like, "Doesn't that seem off to you? Doesn't that seem..." Like that's that's definitely not a coincidence, and that's when you find out that he's like, you're not an FBI agent anymore. You know, don't worry about it. I've got it. Guy almost like like talks down to her in a sense, like a very dismissive of what she was saying, um, and that comes back into play later. Yeah. So, like you said, Light uses Ray. Ray basically writes all the names in the Death Note without knowing. Oh, it. fucking sucker! Uh, and then he tells him to like leave the bag above him. So now he's killed the twelve FBI agents that have come to Japan. And he's like, you can get off like thirty minutes down down the train station or whatever whatever he says to him. Um, uh-huh. And right when he gets off the train, he, you you hear the the heartbeat sound. Yep. And Ray's now he's, he's having a heart attack. He's he's dead basically. Um, yeah, but the guy's at, right there looking back into the train car. As he's looking back, yeah, he sees Light Yagami there. He goes, Light Yagami, you're Kira or something like that, something along uh-huh. those lines. Um, but yeah, it's another clever way that Light used the notebook uh basically as ray killed all the 12 fbi agents that come to japan um and this is where we really start to see ray's fiance get more introduced yep. because now she's now that ray's been killed she's suspecting like yep. she's got a dog in this fight now and because the president's already like told the fbi to like that you know what we're done right um so she now she's begins her own little investigation on that Yep, and the rest of the cops are like fucking peace, yeah. peace out. So many more people are like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, the task force is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, like, like There's you said, like five or six people left. Yeah, this is where we get like the the main 
our main police group, I would say. Um, yep. And through this, we're meeting more characters. Like, we meet Aizawa, mm -hmm. and like I said, Matsudabi from before. Uh, yep. And I think it's Mogi and a couple other guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is where Light's dad, he actually tells the family that he is the head of the Kira case. Yep. yep Which, it's, at the, it's like at the dinner table or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, and this is where L, he actually comes. He's in Japan now and he wants to meet. I think this is the episode where he actually meets with them. Uh, I, I don't know if they meet. Uh, it might it might be where it ends because he does invite them all to the hotel he's staying mm -hmm. at. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, but yeah, so I think we're just diving right into the next episode, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it it opens up with them actually meeting with him, and he's a squirrely looking fella. Like we we've seen him a couple times, but like mostly in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Um, but we see him. He's very like eccentric. Like he sits like fucking Jungle Boy, just like sitting in a chair, like. You know, shoes off, feet in the chair, like very, very weird guy. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, but he schedules this meeting where they're all they're all gonna come to the hotel. He's still kind of suspicious of them. Yep. So he has them showed up in like staggered times, like two at a time, all this stuff. Yep. Uh, and they're kind of surprised at his appearance as well, just like we were. Um, yep. And he wants them to call him Ryuzaki instead of L. Uh, just, just kind of. Just trying to play it safe, really. Well, yeah, because he talks shit to them. He's like, Jesus Christ, like, you literally just showed me all your credentials. Like, I could have I, I could have killed you on the spot if it was me, if it was, if he was the Kira. Yeah, and he has them, like, he, like, privately interviews each one of them just to, just to be safe. Yep. Um, and uh, I know he, like, tells them, like, you know, put all your cell phones, all your shit, like, put all that stuff on this table right here. And L, L kind of briefs him on the plan about, mm -hmm. like, what he knows about the federal agents that all got killed, obviously. So uh -huh. he's really just trying to explain to them like how he's narrowing things down. Um, and I think this is where light. This is where he like he goes to the police headquarters. I think he's to bring clothes for his dad or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's bringing something to his dad, and that's where he runs into the. Um... He runs into Rapinger's, uh Yes, yeah, I do not remember her name. I know they they get they say her name, it's, but it's, I don't remember. It's a uh, Naomi Naomi Misura. Okay. Her name. Um. But she's, oh, this episode's so tense. I fucking love this episode. Yeah, this is probably my favorite episode, maybe of the whole show. Honestly, yeah, um, it's so good. This one and the and the one following it as well. Mm -hmm. But as lights going up there to deliver the, deliver the clothes to his father at police headquarters. Ray Pember's wife is, or fiance is there. And, and she, she, like, desperately wants to speak with somebody on the task force. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got information. I've got things. Please let me talk to somebody. And they're like, hey, there's no member of the task force here right now. So there's nobody you can lights, even talk to even if they would let you. Yep. And Light's even got, like, a, oh, shit. Because she says something in particular that where he um he said she says something in particular while they're there at the desk I, I forget what it is that like really like catches his ear like oh shit she knows something I, I don't know if she mentions mentions the bus jacking or what but i forget what she she says something in particular that makes el go holy shit yeah he, she basically i think she says something that she has information about kira or something like that mm -hmm. yes uh, yeah. so Light, light's kind of intrigued by that um and he kind of introduces himself and they they kind of go walking yep. and uh because he offer he he mentions that his dad is on the task force and that like you know hey you know 
we can, or like his dad, he's expecting his dad to call or, or you can use my phone to call, you know, my dad, that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, so they're, they kind of go on a walk and we were revealed that light, he, he's carrying a piece of the death note with him. So he always has a piece, you know, just in case he gets in a situation, I mean, like this one mm-hmm. where he needs to try and, uh, try and kill a person. Um, and he asks for her name when they introduce themselves, and uh, she gives him a false name. Yep. And I think Light writes the name in the in the death note, or in the he piece of, on the piece of paper. Yep. And he's kind of surprised. Like forty seconds goes by, and she hasn't left to die. Like he's like, "Hmm, what's going on here?" And, he's yep. like, and what's crazy is um, this is one of those moments where you either knew or you didn't. I honestly felt when I saw the scene, I was like, "She's giving him a fake name," because she's smarter than that. And she does. She doesn't think that L's the killer, but she's smart enough to not give a stranger, no matter how harmless they may seem, her real name, knowing what she knows. I thought that was really fucking clever. Yeah, it would be way too easy if he just if she just yeah. died. Um, but she's actually going to give Light quite a bit of trouble. Oh they, yeah. They go on back and forth about the case, and she. I think she explains. I I, I don't remember if she says that she was Ray Pember's fiance in this episode. Uh, I believe she does. Um, the, these two episodes kind of run together, so I apologize if I'm getting this a little bit mixed oh, up. Oh, that's okay. Because they, they have a long talk, and she just kind of reveals pretty much what she knows. Because Light kind of says, like, hey, you know, maybe we can help each other. You know, I've helped the task force before. My father is this. You know, like, really just kind of, like, urges her to, like, divulge her information. And they have a very like clean back and forth of, well, this is what I think. Well, that's good. Cause I think this, and I want to say Elle's actually surprised when he's like, look, when she says, I, I think the, the, the bus jacker, it's, it's so convenient that he was hit by a car after leaving the bus. But I also think that I, and she also specifically says that I don't think he just kills people by heart attacks. I think he can manipulate how they die. And he's really taken aback by that. Yeah, she she is catching on very quickly. Um, yep. And actually, yeah, I, w- I was wrong. He writes the the name, the the fake name in the Death Note, and that's where that last episode ends. Yep. So now we're into the next episode, uh, and this is where he's surprised that she hasn't died yet. Um, yep. Because he's like looking at his watch. He's like ten more seconds, and then it's like, nope. Yeah. So he, so he knows she's using an alias. Um, I think this is where Light kind of goes and says that he's actually working with L on the task force. Yep. And this this was really clever too because like as he got the information from her, you noticed Ryuk was just kind of laughing to himself. Every every like everything that he, um, that Light would need to kill this woman, every piece of information he got, like Ryuk would just laugh at him yes. or like just kind of laugh to himself, and then he's just like, "Well, that's why he was laughing." Because right. he knows her fucking name is not what she gave me. Yeah, and Ryuk's like, oh, you know, you could make that deal for the Shinigami eyes again. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, trying to just kind of give him the pistol fingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, and I think this is where we also see, this is where L gives the, the police officers the belts. Dude, the belts are so sick. Yeah, the sweet, so like. so fucking sick. Um, but back to Lighten, uh, Ray Pimber's fiance. I think she she wants to go back to headquarters or she turns yeah, around. She, so Light's running out of time basically because she's. Yep. He's like, I got five minutes before she gets to the police, and the the fucking jig is most likely going to be up then. Ah, uh, and th- this is where Light he reveals that he's working under L, mm-hmm. and she's like, Oh, you're a, like he's actually on the task force. He's like, 
talks about his father, I think. Uh, and she actually reveals that she's worked under L in a previous case back in the United States. Yep. Um, and it lights. He's talking about like all of her like deductive skills and all this stuff that she's like, like she's obviously mm-hmm. very smart and she knows her stuff. And he's like, I would like you to join the task force with us. Um, mm-hmm. But I would just need you to apply. All we would need is like a like a driver's license and something else, and I can talk to L and get you on to the to the task force. Which I think yep. this is where I think she gets a little bit careless here. Yep. Because she's been doing so well. Like, yeah, and then she just gives up the fucking she, ghost. Yeah, she totally slips up here. Um, and re- I think I audibly said, "You dumb bitch!" While I was <laughs> watching the show, I was like, "No." Yeah, because I remember when I was, I was so upset. Like this is like I'm on the edge of my seat watching this the first time, yeah, and then it's I just was like, hoping I was hoping she was gonna be his foil or like be like this independent third person just trying to figure shit out but no she fucked up yeah she totally slips up uh which is unfortunate because like i don't i don't know the scenes with her like i'm just on the edge of my seat the whole time um but anyhow she slips up gives him gives her his id and this is as like i think els wants somebody to go back to the task force so Izawa, one of the agents he's actually they he like passes by Light and this woman, but not yep. not they don't realize that they're all there. Um, but basically, Light gets her real name, which is Naomi Misura, put, puts it into the death note, and uh, I think Light actually like mocks her, and he goes like, "Let's," he says something like, "I I am Kira." Um, yep, and then she like, uh, at that point, like the death note takes her over. Yeah, and we don't actually see her die; we see her like. It's kind of like a fake little scene where she's like walking up the staircase to like a, a noose. To the gallows, yeah. So I think she, I think it's implied that she just goes and hangs herself in the toilet or something. Yeah, or like, and uh, something like that, yeah. But yeah, that's where this episode ends. And I actually want to stop, oh, Chris. Such a, uh-huh. Like a, after this, no, not like stop the podcast. I just mean like, okay. uh, what, do you, what did you think up to this point? Dude, it's so gas. Other than like the angsty, like other than like the angsty kind of repetitive dialogue. You, you get into such like moments like this and on the bus are just like so fucking tense because like, again, I, I liken it to show like, it, it reminded me a lot of I mean, granted, th- I want to say this was around the same time. It reminded me a lot of shows like Dexter where you've got a, a an in plain sight killer and he he works equally as hard to cover his tracks. And when people get close, you're like, oh, shit, are they going to figure it out? Are they going to figure out it's him? Like. So far, I am so fucking invested in this story, um, be, because because of moments just like that. Like I'm all I'm, I'm all in. I, at this point, I am all in, and I was legitimately disappointed when she slipped up. You don't you don't have those moments. I you know I don't have those moments often in TV where I become like super invested in what's going on. But I was so just audibly upset when she passed over the driver's license. I was like, no, she's so dead. She's so fucking dead. Yeah, it's definitely a mistake. Um, but going into the next episode, uh, her death is actually super detrimental to the case um, because L, L is he's first of all he's investigating the death of Ray Pember. Yep. And now his fiance comes up that she committed suicide. Turns and, out. And L's quick to think like, there's no way this is just some like this has to be like there's no it's not just a coincidence or anything like that. Uh, and he remembers back from the past when he worked with her he's like there's no way she would do this there's no way she would kill herself yeah. um and 
this is where we LX reveals that Ray Pember was investigating uh, Soichiro Yagami, White's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Pember was in charge of investigating his family. So now he's kind of he's he's very he's starting to get suspicious that it might be his son because yep. he's a student. Like he fits the bill really at this point. So they go fucking balls to the wall with surveillance cameras in this in, in their house. Yeah. And well like I he wants to he wants to do this to all the police officers and they're they're like what the fuck dude? Like that's our privacy. Like it's our home. And and he's like you have a mother, you have a wife, you have a daughter. I don't want people spying on our house and like Light's dad is like do it. Do it if that will remove all doubt. Do it. Like he's he's tired like his, his dad's getting tired of the death. And he's just like, if that's what it takes, do it. I'm all, I'm all aboard. Yeah, if he, he wants to prove his family's innocence. Yep. Uh, and he obviously wants to solve the case. And he's, he's a really good, like, stand-up police officer, honestly. Very much so. Um, but I know we haven't actually talked about this, uh, but Light or uh, Ryuk, he, he loves apples, like the fruit. Apples. Yes, and that's actually very important coming into this part. Like, it's like he's he he specifically says like apples are like alcohol and cigarettes to people. Yeah. Um, so Light kind of gets to use this as his, uh, as his advantage, uh, cause he, I think he uses Ryuk to, to scan the room to see if there's any surveillance cameras or Light, yep, because I, I think this I, is where Light, love... Light had like this crazy thing where like he has a piece of paper in the door. Dude, I, I love this part. I love this whole fucking Sherlock Holmes-esque, like I, I did this so that I would know this. And like, especially when like he, the piece of paper fell from the door, I was like, oh shit, there, there's something crazy here. Yeah, dude. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead and tell us what he did here. Yeah, not only does he have this piece of paper in the door to notice if somebody's been in his room, he also has like a piece of pencil lead in the hinge yep. that would break if the door opened. And he keeps the door handle a certain way. Yeah, he's got like all these, all these crazy, like all this whole crazy setup basically to protect the notebook from getting yep. touched. Um, so he notices, he knows that somebody's been in the room because the pencil lead's been broken. Like, the, the actual piece of paper is just bait for somebody walking in the room that they know to put it back. Yep. Yeah, it, it's a whole crazy setup that he has. Yeah, it's, it's a whole you-know-that-I-know-that-you-know-that-I-know type of thing. And I love in this episode, I don't know if it was before that or this episode, where he, he, he takes to buying skin mags. So, you know, when people are watching him, he looks just like a normal-ass kid checking out porn mags and, you know. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, so, like, they're investigating him, so they see that. Um, but before we get to that, Light kind of holds the apples. He's like, hey, Ryuk, I won't give you any more apples unless you find all these cameras that are in my room. Yep. Uh, so Ryuk reveals that there's been 64 cameras placed in Light's Fuck, room that's a lot of cameras. Alone, yep. Which is insane. Uh, but obviously, well, L-, L has... L said, L's no blind spots. That's right. And I think uh, this is where they have, like, the fake... They go down... Like, Light goes down for dinner... And uh, it's actually a, a television show starring Hideki Ryuga, which will come into come yep. into play a little bit later. Um, but there's like a, a we interrupt this broadcast type thing, and it's saying that 1,500 FBI agents have been sent to Japan. Yeah, because because Light is watching them watch the show, and he's like, "All right, display the message." Yeah, like and so you got you got the FBI agents that are watching Light and his mom have dinner. And saw you have dinner, and Light's like he totally sees through it. Um, I think he says like, I don't know, "It's dumb to 
to say that there's going to be 1,500 agents. Or he says something along those lines. Kind of stump an L on the other side of the of the Yeah, cameras. you sound like that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and this, Chris, this is this is where the best line of the entire show comes up. Because uh-huh. now Light knows where, like, he knows there's not many blind spots. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he grabs a bag of chips, and he's got this little baby TV. We don't see it quite yet. Yep. I don't know when he did it, but he has this TV in this in the bag of chips, and he's got, like, a piece of the notebook taped down yep. inside of the bag of chips. So he's studying with his right hand, and he's writing down <laughs> writing down names in the death note, or on this piece of the death note with his left hand. I'm just trying to figure out where the, how the fuck, when did he put the fucking TV in the yeah. chips? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd call it a plot hole, but, like... Yeah, it's just like, With I don't all know the, about you, Cody, but I've never bought a bag of fucking, uh, a variety pack of Lay's that had a fucking micro TV in them. Well, it turns out, later on we find out that he, he purchased this, um, kind of kind of off screen, we don't see that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how he got it all set up in there without getting noticed by the blind spot, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's a smart kid, so he's basically yeah. studying, looking like a normal everyday high school student. With his right hand, and then with his left hand, he's writing names in the notebook. So he's very ambidextrous, obviously. Yep. And I, I love the dramatic parts where, like, whenever he's writing or eating the chips, it's very like sharp and just oh, like, yeah. like very anime and dramatic. And he's like taking a bite of a chip. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, like it's the music's building up. It's my favorite line of the dude, whole entire yeah, show. Yeah. Because uh-huh. he's like, he's like, I'll write. I'll look like a normal high school student with my right hand, and I'll write names in the death note with my left. I'll take a chip. And eat it. <laughs> yeah, fuck. By far the best line in the show. It's uh, uh you know, it, it's one that like you know, it, it it's gonna go down in the annals of history as some of the best anime lines of all time. Yeah, it might be. It's th- right up there with "See ya, space cowboy." Yeah, it's it's great. Um, and like after he he like finishes the bag of chips, he just throws the whole TV and everything away. Mm-hmm. And Ryuk, I think the next day when like his mom's taking out the trash or something, Ryuk's like. You spent four hundred bucks on that little mini LCD TV, God. like just to write a few names. Like it wasn't like a crazy amount or anything like that. But it was but, enough. Yeah, it was enough. He can still be innocent to L because L's watching on the cameras, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it makes him less suspected, basically. Yep. Yeah, but that's where that episode ends with them taking out taking out the garbage, and I believe now we're on what episode nine or ten at this point we're on episode nine yeah i think we're, we're cruising right along yeah, here. yeah we, we are fucking we are cruising altitude sir uh and then uh because like and i know um ryuk was saying about the apples how he gets like super twisted which is like him having withdrawals and uh while they're outside walking i believe he fucking lets ryuk have one and he just oh man he needed that apple some kind of fierce yeah, he like he starts doing like handstands and all like his body gets all contorted. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yes, yeah, so he's he's a fiend for these apples. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's like crack. He's he's like Tyrone Biggums. Yeah, and uh, this is where L he kind of re- like reveals to the task force that they haven't found anything like suspicious, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because him and him and Light's father were the only ones that were keeping the surveillance, like keeping watch on the surveillance cameras uh, just for like the privacy of his wife and his daughter and all that stuff because his father said like hey put him in the bathroom you know put him everywhere I don't want to have any blind spots um, yep and Al reveals that there's nothing they haven't found anything so they, yep, so he they take them, everything out yeah take take out all the cameras and wiretaps 
to this th- this next part's great too because uh, I know it's um um he's at school um and they're getting ready to take the uh, the entrance exam and you hear the I guess the the teacher or the aide whoever's doing I guess what what's it called the person that uh um I guess the administrator the guy who does the exam um he starts yelling at a, a student he's like you you know take your feet out of the chair or some shit like that yeah that's when you realize it's fucking l just hanging out in the fucking schoolhouse yeah it's it, some time has passed it's like three months later and lights basically mm-hmm. it's like his entrance exam to get into two O university which is the college he plans on going to yep uh, and l's this is where l's using the alias of hideki ryuga which is that 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 star that was on the tv show that they were watching when the 1500 fbi agents broadcast thing yep. popped up Excuse me, sorry, I had a burp there. Oh, that's okay. That's, that's okay. It, it was a big beer one. Had to, had to mute the mic for that one. <laughs> and I made the mistake. I'm on beer number three. Uh, Cody, these gozas go down so goddamn smooth, I tell you. Apparently so. Uh, I might have to might have to put in an order for those. I'll tell uh, you, man, they're damn good, damn fantastic. Uh, and this is where, I don't know, it's kind of like L and Light are like totally beaming at each other. Like I don't, Light looks back and L's just fascinated like eyes dead set on light. Um. I will say this about L. I actually one of the things I like about it because the animation in the show is great. It's very, it's very like mid two thousands anime. There's always those crazy angles, but I love L's body language in this show. Um, he's always like lip to like thumb to his lip, biting his lip. Uh, weird eyes. Like I think L has some of the best body language I've seen in an anime, which I which was uh, which is also another reason why he's my favorite character. Yeah, and I think L eventually he like takes a seat next to next to Light, and he he's talking about Kira the Kira investigation, and he says, "Hey, I'm L." Mm-hmm. And at first, Light's kind of suspicious. He's like, "I don't know, like I don't know if he, if he's being serious." Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, we as the viewer, we know. Yep, yeah, and but he also kind of follows up with, "I don't think you're the Kira." Because he says it's like three percent, like one percent. Two. He's like, it's a one percent chance. Like, light. D, uh, L. Uh, not light. L. He always puts a percentage behind something. Like, ah, it's a forty percent chance. It's a one percent chance. And you see, you start to see him do a lot of that starting in this episode. Yeah, and light knows that he's lying about like the Hideki Ryuga. He knows that's just an alias. Um, yep. And even if it wasn't just an alias, he knows that he can't write that name in the death note because he might accidentally think of the kill pops, the celebrity, kill the celebrity guy, and then. If this guy really turns out to be L, like yep. they'll they'll know the immediately. Jigs up. Yeah. Fucking bake him away, toys. Simpsons reference, if you got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I can't remember. Is this where they give the speech? Like they yes. give the yeah, entrance. Does it? They've passed the entrance exam, and like it's like yeah. light. Lights giving the speech, and yeah, that's how they sit down next to each other. Okay. Because mm-hmm. light knows that like. He's giving the speech with another one other student. That's how him and L meet. Okay. Yep. Sorry, I just got that a little bit, little bit mixed up there. Yeah, um, and, then, and when they, uh, after they talk, like uh, L pieces out in the limo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he heads home and he's he's kind of pissed off because he he's kind of like played right into L's hand. Like mm-hmm. L's suspecting of him just a little bit. Like you said, it's like one to five percent or something like that. Yep. And now we've got like a good old fashioned, and again, this is this is more of that shit that I love in this show. We've got ourselves like a just a good old fucking fashion like 
cat and mouse game. Like, it also, like, so stuff like this. I don't know if you've ever watched the show The Americans. Uh, the main couple, uh, just to kind of compare to this, the, the main couple are Soviet spies in cold. It's like the 80s America, but they're like Soviet, like KGB sleeper agents. Their next door neighbor is an FBI agent who is tasked specifically with un, with uprooting Soviet KGB spies embedded in America. And they become like really good friends. And they like that's what this part reminded me of. Like they're clearly becoming like they're not becoming friends, but now they're they know each other. They're in like sight of each other, but they don't know the other is what they are. So it's like I, I love this kind of hidden chess game that's going on again. Like such good fucking TV here. Yeah, and that really brings us right into episode ten. Um, and this is where like you really like the battle of wits, like you said, this chess game. Yep. Uh, L L actually challenges Light to a game of tennis. Yeah, unbeknowing, unless unless L, I don't remember if L did know this. Light's like a fucking junior high like tennis champion. Yeah, and it turns out L is also like a some kind of junior champion. They're both like not only are they geniuses, uh, <laughs> but they're both really fucking also, good at tennis. Like the fucking best junior tennis players in the world, also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, through the, you have this intense tennis match, and like people are coming over, and we kind of go flashing back and forth, like in their heads, what they're thinking, like. Yep. Light's like, if I win, he might more suspect me more. If I lose, he might suspect me. Like he's trying to figure out. Yep, it goes back to that. You know that I know that you know that I know kind of layers, man. There's it's like an onion, man. There's so many fucking layers here. Yeah, and you got a crowd coming up now. All of a sudden, they got a referee. You got like a line judge. You got all this stuff going on. Um, but Light eventually mm-hmm. beats L in the game of in the game of tennis. Yep, six to four, I believe, is the final set. So it wasn't like a fucking. He didn't get washed, but like. It wasn't a blowout, but yeah. I think Light reveals, like, hey, that's the hardest I've had to try in a long time. Um, yep. And L, L's like, hey, do you mind if – I think he asked, like, asked him some questions they, regarding the Cure case. Yep. And then I think they – um, he asked if they want to go, like, he wants to grab a drink or something. So they go to, like, to a coffee house. I believe that's this episode. Yeah, and this is where I think L he shows him the – like the, the, the photos, note. yeah. It's like they, this is like a trap, dude. This is such a, this is some old fucking twenty twenty big ass cop bullshit he does <laughs> on him here. Hate this shit. Yeah, he he reve- one of the notes that Light had one of the prisoners write. It's like, L, do you know gods of death love apples? Um, that's what Light was the message that Light had the prisoner write on the wall before he he died. Yeah, it was like well, like a hidden cipher kind of thing. Yeah, and L L obviously saw through it. So now L's showing this to Light, just to kind of get his reaction out of it. Mm-hmm. And Light's pretty much like, if you read it this way, if you read it this way, yada yada yada. Light figures out the puzzle. Yep. And then L's like, no, you're wrong. There was actually a fourth note. And it's and like, Light's like, well, how the fuck was I supposed to know there was a fourth note? Yeah. And he was like, well, did you even consider the possibility because the sentence isn't complete? Right. And, and Light's just like, Light knows no, it his head. Light's that. like, I'm the one that wrote this. I know that. That this is a fake, but he can't say that, obviously. Yep. Uh, so it's kind of like a little mind game that L's playing with light. Yeah, very much like uh, if you're like I can like if you. It, it's almost like because I want to say even at this point, like he asked light or he asked L, and L's like, yeah, right now I've got you at about three percent or some shit like that. Like the percentage is almost going up. Um. Yeah, and light's just because tr- of this. Yeah, he's kind of trying to prove his innocence, but yeah, like. L's getting more and more suspicious, uh, and this yeah. is this is where they get news that they both get a phone call. 
Yeah, they're, they're kind of saved by the bell on this one, honestly. Like, you hate to see it, but, like, yeah, like they get a, both get a phone call about Light's dad. Yeah, and it turns out that he's had a heart attack. Um, yeah, they're like, they're, and they're, I'm, like at an, this point, I'm like, holy shit, like, what ha- so is there somebody else? Yeah, this is like a, a little bit of a jaw-dropping moment, but it turns out this is just a just a heart attack. It's not a, not a, not a fucking, death. Yeah, this was real. This was uh, too much stress. This was, this was the fucking haggard-ass lieutenant mustard stain on his necktie. Oh, God damn it, I've got a stack of complaints on my desk as high as your cholesterol. You son of a bitch. Yeah, and uh, so they, they go and Light's father's okay. It was just, like you said, it was caused by stress. And uh, Ellis still curious. Like, he still suspects Light, obviously. Um, but it's it's less and less now. Yep. Um, but, and there's a TV playing basically in the background showing Sakura TV, which is a well, doesn't um before that doesn't like there's a point when they're leaving doesn't like light say something to um to L like dude just lock me up for a month that'll prove my innocence yeah right and before, he's like right before L really deny you your human rights yeah and he and he L's more he, I think he's more suspicious of that he's like would anybody else like be willing to prove their innocence like this yeah um but then L leaves and I think we get a scene with like lights dad mom mom and dad. And it's like the Sakura TV thing, uh, talking about the Cure case. Uh, but basically, Sakura TV has received these audio tapes from an anonymous person, uh, yep. and and they're claiming to be Kira, and uh, that like, they, there's like a threat with it. It's like, hey, if you don't broadcast these tapes, everybody at Sakura TV will be killed. Yeah, because it was like the 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 editors and the chief are in the newsroom. They're like, we need a story. We need some news. And that's when they get the audio tapes, and he's like, "Holy shit!" Like the editor, the chief is like, "Oh, this is perfect. We hit fucking jackpot on this one." Yeah, Demi Gawa is the name of the. He's yep. the he's the main guy. He'll actually come into to play a whole lot more. So basically, they've been instructed to play these, yep. these audio tapes, uh, and that's that's actually where that episode ends. Okay, Chris. So now we're on to episode eleven. We're 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 almost at the end of this section. Dude, yeah, th- these uh, this last little part here is really fucking cool. Um, I I don't know, like I like the like this one just kind of goes goes crazy. Um, because they're right now right off the bat, you know, we the Sakura TV got these tapes. Uh, it comes in like the the, the task force is still talking about uh Naomi disappearing. Um, and then that's when uh Watari comes in and says, hey, there's a something's being broadcast by Kira on Sakura TV, and they cut on the TV. And the words Kira are being displayed across the screen. And you hear like the muffled like <laughs> kind of voice, like the fucking voice muffler saw type voice. Right. And uh, this is the episode where we actually don't see light until the very end. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, is this light? Like, we don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, these tapes are being broadcast. And I think, is this where they... Like Kira instructs them to go to like a certain channel, like a yeah. News they're like, flip to this channel. This news anchor is gonna die. And like they get over to the channel, he's like fucking in his chair, dead. And then and Elle's like, go back to this channel. And then he's like, we'll go to this channel. And then you find another broadcaster dead. That's when Elle's like, yo, get me more fucking TVs in here now. Right. So at, at this point, we don't know that this is somebody else. Um, yep. And what's crazy here? What's crazy here is like this is like this is very out of character for Kira. Like all these people are innocent. None of these people, as far as I know, am I right? I'm writing this. I know I flipped up last time, but like these are all innocent people. These are oh, not yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. This these is are... just literally Kira saying that this is a demonstration of their power. 
Yeah, so this is not following the regular the regular lines that yeah. Kira, Kira would normally follow. Um, yep. So L basically is like, hey, we need to stop this broadcast. Uh, and Ukita, one of the one of the, like oh, the, rema- the, the remaining like six agents that are on the the actual Kira task force because it's just a small unit now. Um, he he heads over by car basically to get yeah fucking grabs the siren, puts it on the roof, and he is fucking seventies <laughs> cop cruising down the street trying to get there. Yeah, and he gets up to the doors of the TV station. And the doors are locked. He's like, hey, let me in. Yada yada yada, and then uh, he actually you hear the heartbeat and he drops. Oh, I couldn't fucking believe it. He's had a heart attack. Uh, uh, and he he attempts to press the the button on his on his like inspector oh, gadget dude, belt. I was so pissed. He got so close to pressing the button on the, because we didn't talk about this when they press the buckle twice. It calls um, it calls Watery's uh, the uh, the old the older guy, right? Yeah. It calls his cell phone, or it calls L's cell phone. Yeah, um, it, it, calls, it, it does something like that. It like instructs them that they're basically in danger. Yep, and I love this scene because like we got L like flipping back and forth between two phones because like when this happens, like two other cops roll up and they die, and like L gets on the phone with the fucking commission. He's like, "You need to stop fucking sending people there now." I mean, like he's back on the phone talking to somebody else, just fucking boost mobile. Where are you at? Right, because. L suspects. I can't get over the fucking flip phones, by the way. Oh, it, yeah. it definitely shows you know, when the show was made. Because like they're all just fucking Motorola Razor City over here. Yeah, so this, obviously... Fucking the... T9 texting, too. <laughs> T9 texting. I remember seeing, uh, I forget who it was who was doing that, but we saw the fucking... I was just like, God damn. Yeah, the T9 texting, that's a classic. Uh, <laughs> um, I couldn't believe it. But so this obviously the the rest of the task force is panicking and L's trying oh, yeah. to L's basically like calming them down. Isa was like, "We got to go down there and stop this." Yada yada yada. This uh, all the meanwhile, uh, Light's father's still in the hospital from his heart attack. Yep. But and I think uh, I think she goes to like get him coffee or something like that, and when she comes back, uh, his father's gone. Uh, yeah, because he he was watching the broadcast from his hospital bed, and he's like, "I can't, I can't just lay here." Yeah. Um, so, despite despite uh, what the doctors ordered, uh, he leaves. He like steals like a he grabs like a police van or something like that. Yep, or an ambulance or something. Yeah, fucking. it's well, like an ambulance. Or he steals some kind of big vehicle. Uh, well, and if just, it's an ambulance, you got a chance. If it's a hearse, you know it's going to be worse. That's right. Uh, but he actually drives through the front doors of Sakura TV, mm. and. Uh, he basically gets up to like the the room where Demi Gawa's at, and he's like, "Hey, you need to stop this broadcast right now. I'm the police." Uh, and then Demi Gawa's like, "Hey, if we stop this, we'll all be killed." Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but he actually convinces him, "Hey, I got you a gunpoint. Basically, you're gonna stop this broadcast now." Yeah, and he uh, and he actually gets the tapes. He's like, "I want all the copies of the tapes." Yeah, and, th- and this is where. So he gets all the copies of the tapes, and this is where, like you said, L with the flip phones, he's still, he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and he actually gets this, like, wall of, he gets the commissioner to send on, like, all these, all these police officers with, like, helmets and riot shields and all this stuff to basically form a wall. So they can't see who's coming in and out, dude, I love this shit. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy, but, I mean, he sets up this big elaborate plan, plan, because, L catches on quick, obviously, um, but he gets mm-hmm. he he knows that Kira is somewhere in the area, mm-hmm. 
but he knows that this Kira has different. Well, it's like he, how are they doing it without their names? That's yeah, the big yeah. Thing. He's wondering like how's how's this happening? Um, because all all the task force members obviously have fake aliases. Yep. Yeah, so this this was a really cool moment because I was like, oh shit, is his dad gonna die? And then I was thinking, then I, in my head I was thinking, I was like, okay, because we don't we don't know if this is L or not because we or, or not L but Light because we haven't seen him in this whole episode. I was like, his dad's gonna go outside and not die, and then he's gonna know it's fucking Light. Uh, that that was like my first thought. Right, and I think I think it flashes for a second. We see like a scene of like a pair of binoculars just sitting by like a table, like in the. Yep. So we know, and then we flash to light. So like we know it's not light that's been committing this murder. So at this point, Chris, what did you think? Like, I was pretty surprised. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I, I at first I thought it was light, and I was like, oh shit, the jig's up. Like, I, there, his his father's not going to die, and then that's going to put more suspicion on light. And he's, and I thought I was like, well, the show's going to take this direction where now he's got to you know work even harder to you know, remove the doubt from him. But, but, when we see that we've got a fucking second cure on this, I was in, dude. I was fucking in. So fucking in. Yeah, we, we flashed a light and he's in his bedroom. And I think he's kind of like watched this all unfold on the television. Yep. And he realizes that Kira has to have Shinigami eyes. Because he couldn't have known Ukita's name. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have known like the police officer's name that got killed after that. Um, so now he realized that there's like basically another death note. Yep, and yes. even L is like there's a seventy percent chance that there's another one out there, and yeah. it's more of like, like a copycat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Light wants to obviously take care of this problem because. Was a sneeze, sir. Thank <laughs> uh, but like basically wants to take care of this problem because this person's acting kind of absurdly to like his his vision of justice. Yep. Uh, the second cure is obviously just killing random people. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to like prove a point. And then I think the episode ends with us actually seeing that it's a girl. Actually, it's a girl. Yeah. Um, I think and- this is also where L suggests to Light's father that they put Light on the task force. I believe so. Towards yes, the end yes, of this, yeah. Um, but like you said, after that, we see the second Kira is revealed to be uh, Misa Amane, um, and it turns out that she's 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 like obsessed with the idea of Kira. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet her Shin- Shinigami named Rem. Um, yep. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, when I saw her, I immediately I don't know if you've watched fucking uh fucking Big Mouth on Netflix. I have not, but I, I've but seen now. Like, I... <laughs> Go ahead. Now I look at the Shinigami as like the fucking hormone monsters. I was waiting for uh, this her her hers to say she wants a bubble bias. <laughs> I was waiting for it. But yeah, we, we reveal they reveal that like Misa has the Shinigami eyes, obviously, which mm-hmm. we kind of figured out before that. Uh, so this kind of brings us into our final episode that we're going to talk about today, Chris, episode twelve. Yep, and I, I like the fact, uh, before we do that, I like the fact that she has the eyes, because she's a ticking time bomb. We don't know when she's going to die at this point, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really cool. Go ahead. Um, and this episode begins, I think this is where Light is asked, he gets a call from his father that's like, Elle wants you to join the task force. Yep. That is this, is that this episode? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's called by the task force. Um, 
Um, he's he but he, he's like surprised and like happy at the same time. Yeah, because it on one side it allows him to get closer to L, but he really wants to deal with this second cure. He wants to find out what's going on with this. Yep, and like this whole thing, him joining the task force is initially just a test because he wants to see if uh, if Light knows that there's a second one. Because L is pretty certain that this is not the same one because the motive is very everything is very different about this one, and I want to say Light immediate. I mean, clearly Light comes to the same conclusion. Right, and this is where they decide to have. I think L has Light write a message to the second Kira, pretending yeah. pretending to be the real Kira. Yep. So he's trying to basically trick the second Kira. Yep. They they see they send him a message and. Um, cause they want to meet is ultimately what happens. And, um, they're, they quickly get a reply from the other Kira, even though it's much against the, uh, Hershey Megami like doesn't really want her to reply to this. Yeah. Rim's very much against it. Um, but she, rep- she replies to Watery and, uh, I want to say it's something along the lines that like she will obey like his orders, but they, they want to, she wants to meet him basically. Um, in person. Yeah. Because they, because the, she starts mentioning things about the shimigami, like uh, we can meet in person, because that way our, we can see each other's shimigamis, and like when they're talking about that, like fucking L just fucking flips a shit and like falls out of his chair, and just almost has like a stroke. Yeah, it's like he's terrified of shimigamis. He's like, yeah, which which makes me think that L's had something like this in his past. Like maybe L's had a, it has had, um, and again, I don't. I don't know anything beyond this episode. Maybe Els had a death note in his past, or people he, he's cared about have died uh, because of a death note in the past. And he's made it, you know, very typical detective. Like it's my life work. I'm gonna so I'm gonna crack this case, kind of thing. So it's either that, or he in his past has used a death note before, so he knows all this shit. But is feeding everybody from the long end of the spoon to not let them know that he has had access to something like this before. Oh, I think he's just afraid. I don't know. I think he just has some kind of fear of like gods of death or something like that. Sure, very uh, very boogeymanish kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like he's just some, something that he's scared of. Um, but while Fucking while while L's freaking out, Light's like, "Oh my god, this second Kira is a liability." Like she's talking about Shinigami yeah. to the public. So I think they tr- he tries to like be like, "Oh, maybe that's like a code word or something like that." Yeah, um, yep, like it's a code word to reference how they kill or something like that. Right. Uh and th- I think we this is where we also find out that like after these tapes are aired and all this stuff, we find out that Misa's like a she's like a model, like an aspiring model. She's like a, a super popular girl. Um, she has like a photo shoot going on, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when she comes home, R- Rim. This is where Rim. We find out. Uh, I think Rim is a girl. So I think. Oh, definitely. I believe Rim is a girl. Yeah. And if uh, not, you know what? They're they're. I mean, they can all be. It's kind of tough to... Yeah, these are gods of death. They look like demons, so it's hard to tell. Um, But basically, Rim reveals that she has a second death note as well. And I think Mm -hmm. this is where Rim tells the story about Jealous. Yep. Um, So he kind of explains to Misa that the only way to kill a Shinigami is to have him fall in love with a human. Yep. Uh, So this is where he begins the story about Jealous, who was a, a Shinigami in the past, uh... Who is basically it? It fallen in love with this girl, and it's not revealed who the girl is quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's infatuated with her, he'd watch her every day from the Shinigami realm. Uh, very and, creepy, very very creepy. 
Yeah, he's like super infatuated with this girl. Uh, and it like the day comes up where she's gonna die. Like her her she's running out her lifespan is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rem is watching with jealous and like this girl like a uh, a guy comes out with a knife and he's like says all this stuff like like this typical creeper stuff. I'm so in love with you. If I can't have you, stalkery. Yeah, if I can't have you, nobody can. Uh, and jealous kind of panics. Writes the guy's name in his death note to save Misi, Misa. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but Shinigami are they're, that's something that's forbidden. It's like against their rules, their code. Um, so he like disintegrates basically into dust. Uh, and this that's how Rem gets Rem just happened to be there watching with Jealous so that's how Rem received Jealous' death note mm-hmm. um, and, and isn't it noted that uh, like his like what's left of his life is added to hers mm-hmm. yeah and this is where it, it's kind of revealed that Misa is the girl that Jealous was in love with so that's why Rem mm-hmm. came from the Shinigami realm to give Jealous the death note and Misa was like oh I thought it was just like a coincidence that that happened um and it should be noted here, the reason that Misa is so obsessed with Kira and, like, the idea of Kira is that Light had actually killed, I think it's the guy that murdered her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we don't we don't really see, like, much context of that. Um, but she explains that that's happened. Mm-hmm. So she's had a couple crazy instances in her life. Like, her parents got murdered, and she was, like, held at knife point uh, and saved by a Shinigami. Yeah, she it's it's she there's a, there's a lot connecting her to what's going on here in the story, which uh, I'm I'm completely fine with. I like the idea of there being a second one. And it's kind of inevitable, right? Um, that's anime for you. There can't just be one. Right, and uh, I think this episode actually ends after we go through this whole speech from Rim. This episode actually ends. It's like light at, sitting at a cafe, and you actually see that like Misa's like right on the other side of the restaurant at another table. Yep, and they're like, kind of like, who is the second Kira? And she's like, I wonder what the real Kira is like. And that's actually where episode twelve really it comes to a close. There. Yeah, that that's a, and that's a hell of a place to to stop because like now we're getting into a, a whole nother layer of the story here. Like we've spent the first twelve episodes in this crazy like serial killer unknown task force, and now we've got a a, a copycat uh, which. You know, as us, the viewer, know that there's, you know, these, there, you know, we don't know. There could be more than two of these at this point. You know, I don't know if that ever gets revealed further on in the show, but I'm curious as to see how now, like, this, uh, this, this game of chess just somehow got a third player, um, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's a. This is actually a good, a good point to cut to stop, mm-hmm. uh, and review obviously what you're doing. Um, but Chris, what do you, what do you think so far? Like. Overall, I'm in, man. These first I'm definitely episodes. in so far. Like I said, my gripes are very minimal thus far. I, I like the story. Um, I fucking hate, hate the intro. Oh I hate God. it so much. It's too bubbly and upbeat. It's very anime. Chris, you have you've broken my heart. Uh, to, I, to I, I, I apologize. I, I it's like it's well because like the story is so dark and dreary and very like mysterious and thrillery then you get this fucking upbeat ass textbook anime ass opening and it just it pulls me out of it like i'm i i skipped the intro after like the third episode because i couldn't take it anymore like it takes me out of it takes me out of what's happening um it's a little too bubbly for me 
Um, Wait till you hear the second intro. It'll be coming oh, up. It'll be coming up a little bit later. Uh, is it worse? <laughs> um, I don't like it as much. I like the first. Well, I'm a fan of the first intro, so. Fair, fair. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll give it a fair shake. We'll get your second opinion on that. But but overall, man, I'm in. I I I've, I'm actually really enjoying it, and I'm. Um, for this being, you know, again, we're looking at a, you know, a, a, an anime that's over a decade old that I'm watching for the first time, which, you know, that's been the theme the last couple of weeks here. Um, I'm very much enjoying it. Um, I definitely would have liked, I, I bet I would have enjoyed it just as much during like, it, when it's initial run, like when it was brand new. Um, Cause I feel like death notes, one of those shows that, you know, we've talked about this before that people, people hold it in very high regard. It's a very, very popular show. Um, and I can see why it's very, very excellent storytelling. Um, again, the, I'm watching it in dubbed. Um, the English voices are very hit or miss. Uh, some of them are really, like, I like light's voice. I like L's voice. Um, the supporting cast is whatever. Um, but I feel like the dialogue is very angsty and maybe that's just the way it's translated. Like I may, this may be one I actually go back and watch in subtitles to see how the delivery of the dialogue is. Because sometimes the dialogue can be just so angsty and over the top that it does remove me from what's happening. Um, or sometimes, like, the dialogue, like, they're clearly saying something else and it looks like it was just translated or animated. Or what they're saying does not match, like, the intensity of the animation. So, like, and th again, these are very, very small gripes. Like, overall, like, I'm very invested in the story. Um, and I will actually, this is one I will go back and watch dubbed once it's, uh, or subbed once it, you know, once we're complete with it. So I'm, I'm in for the ride, man. I am strapped in. I've got, I've got my tickets. I just got off the first roller. I got off the roller coaster for the first time. I'm getting back in line to go, go again. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Um, yeah, I think this is probably some of the strongest episodes in the series, honestly. Like the uh -huh. rape, the rape Emperor and the Naomi Misa episodes, those are really like just top tier, uh -huh. and like you're edge on the edge of your seat. And I think, like you said, we ended at a very good spot because like we don't know what's gonna happen. It's kind of like uh -huh. you're wait you're waiting for the next episode to. It's like if we were watching it like live, like like you said on its original run. Uh -huh. Like if we stopped at episode twelve, like what could happen now? Like what's gonna happen next? Now we yeah. have now we have two Kiras. We have one with Shinigami eyes, so she can see everybody's names, all the stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into part two. Obviously, we'll start yeah. that next week. Yeah, because it's like the cat and mouse game has just introduced dog into the equation, which I really really like. Um, so we've got you know dog cat mouse game going on. So like, I I I'm I'm invested. I'm in. Um, you know, if, if the story takes a downward spiral, you know me, especially after last week, I will definitely tell you how I really feel. <laughs> but o overall, I, th I think it's good. I, I'm, I'm very much having a good time with it. Um, again, th this whole watching shows for the first time is part of the reason I'm, I'm enjoying doing this cast. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to, you know, we got two more weeks of the series. We're doing the next 12 or 13 episodes. Cody, do we know if we're doing 12 or 13 next week? Okay, so episode 26 is the recap episode. Okay, so we're doing 13 this week. So do you want to do, what, 13 to 25, or? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Let's do or 13 do we, to 25, okay. and then we can kick off the last week, the third week, we'll with start whatever with, the recap start, episode is. Start with the recap, is. and yeah. then close it out yeah. to episode 37. Okay, so absolutely. for you guys following along, we'll go from episode, what would we say, 13 to 25? 13 to 25. Um, and then, we'll cut, like, like Chris said, it'll be three parts for the anime series, and then 
Well, at least watch the Netflix live action and then yeah, maybe. And if we can find the fucking musical, I'm so in. Oh man, I'll see if I I'll see what I can do. Uh, I also found out there's an audio drama. So nice, you know nice. The, the Death Note stuff. It never ends, really. Uh, it's such a popular series. Um, yeah, and I see why. I very much see why. It it, it checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, and I think too. Um, so far, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know if the, it holds up till the very end. But as somebody, you know, if, if as an older anime fan, and again, a lot, a lot of times, you're, you know, people, your tastes will change as you get older. I, I, I can be. I'm, I'm a living testament to that. And I'm sure there's people out there that maybe now that you're older, you don't watch, you don't watch the same animes or like the same animes you did when you were younger because you look for different things in your entertainment. I think this is a good anime that somebody who's older who enjoys. You know, maybe more subtle things or maybe more mystery, like un- unfolding storytelling. Like, I don't like to be spoon fed stuff. And other than some of the dialogue, like the show does not spoon feed you a bunch of stuff. So this checks a lot of boxes for me in my ripe old age. Um, so like, I, I, I want to discover more anime like this, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I've been looking for like another detective V type of anime. Like, I know the one I always see is, like, Case Closed, and it's got, like, 8 million episodes. Oh, that's... But, like, Case Closed isn't, like... This is, like, a more serious-toned... Mm-hmm. Like, Case Closed, like... I don't know. It's almost like a fillery type of anime, like... Yeah, I want something that's, like... I want, like, the anime version of True Detective is what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I think this is, like... I've never found anything that, like, even compares to this, like, detective-wise with an anime, so... Maybe it's well, something... And I love the supernatural aspect to it too, man. So far, like I love the idea of this book. That like it, it has a very like. You ever seen like the old horror stories or like story? You know, like with like the monkey's paw, where like somebody has a monkey's paw and they get wishes, and every time they get a wish, like the, the finger closes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of vibe to it, which I really, really like. Where it's like, I mean, you literally just write this person's name down in a book, and they're fucking dead. There's, there's, you know, it's a higher power takes over at this point. Um, and I like the fact that there are consequences to this. Um, but I also like the fact that Light is smart enough to have figured out the consequences to this and has learned to cover his tracks. Like, there's just this, he's very much a sociopath, man. Like, this, this kid is not normal. And he's not a good person. I hate, you know, as much as I hate to say that, yes, he's cleaning up the streets and taking care of the riffraff, but he is not a good person. And he's made that abundantly clear. He has his he has his sense of justice, his sense of right and wrong, and that's where he's that. And that's the long and short of it. That's where it starts. That's where it stops. <clears throat> Burps. But I like that. Um, I like that about this character. He's very intriguing in that regard. Like he, for somebody who he's I don't know for some reason, but, but he's not like a social outcast. Like clearly, he can just get a date whenever he wants. He's a, he's incredibly intelligent. He, he, he it's not like he doesn't have fucking friends, at least that I can tell. Yeah, he's very um, very popular with the ladies. Yeah, that's like he he's he doesn't fit the mold of somebody who would do this kind of stuff, but he's very much rooted in his convictions, which makes him dangerous. He is so fucking dangerous, and that was one of the things I immediately put together. Like, you don't want to fuck with this kid. Um and I want to see how that plays out. Well, Chris You'll just have to keep watching, and uh, you guys at home, you'll have to stay tuned and uh, keep listening to Shonen and Suds, obviously. Like Indeed, we said, no. we're, we're going to go through episodes 13 to 25. Um, 
But go ahead, Chris. Absolutely. Now, Cody, before we wrap up, do we have any any questions, any viewer mail, any news, anything? Uh, for the podcast, as far as news, uh, the only news I've – the big news I saw today, actually, our, our buddy Johnny, he shared it. Uh, I, I don't know if you play the games, but there's a Dragon Quest anime. Uh, God damn it, Cody. I love Dragon Quest. Yeah, I think it's something it that, is. like – like, my favorite RPG series of all time, of all fucking time. And I remember when, remember when we did the first episode, there was a Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior anime that came on when I was a very young child. So, oh, the, okay. Oh, so there was an original one. Oh, there was. Okay. And I am so fucking jazzed for this. You have no idea. This is one that I would love to like do, do like like an extra podcast where we do like a watch along like stream an actual watch along to some of these episodes. I'm like, so fucking excited for this. Like some kind of like commentary or something like that. Yes. Like a mystery science three or three uh, theater 3000, but not like, you know, picking it apart because we're not watching something shitty. I, I love dragon quest. Like I'm not even joking. It's my favorite RPG series of all time, all time. Obviously yeah. timeless uh, Toriyama artwork. Yeah. Obviously I've never, well, not obviously I've never actually played a dragon quest game. Unfortunately, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Final Fantasy's had me wrapped up too much. Um, but I definitely do plan to. Um, and isn't it the person that does their art? They do all the Dragon Ball art, right? Yeah, Kira Toriyama. He does all the art for okay. Dragon Quest. That, that's it's almost funny. Like he's just as popular for that as he is for Dragon Ball. He may even be more so popular for Dragon. Because like, Cody, I don't know if you know, like in Japan, when a Dragon Quest game comes out, like the city, like the, the the country, like shuts down. Yeah. Um, like. I want to say a while back they forbode Dragon Quest game for being released on weekdays because people would like the the call outs and the 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 attendance issues at work and school were just through the fucking roof. Yeah, it's crazy like how much of an impact a game can have on Dude, well you need well, I'm going to tell you right now Cody, you need either on your Switch or on your PS4, you need to get Dragon Quest uh 12, I believe, Echoes of an Elusive Age. I think it's you 11. Need, 11. Uh, yeah, because ten was the MMO. This is Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah. You need to fucking pick it up. I think it is a must-play RPG. Well, now that they're, I think they're all available on the Switch now. Like a lot of them are. Like one, they like are. The er, even the early ones, like one, two, and three. Oh, um, uh, one through four actually, which okay. are all amazing I think, games. See, I'm a completionist, no, one, Chris. One through three. One so through I, three. Is I think there. I'm. I'm gonna start with the originals. Whenever I start, I'm gonna start right at the bottom. I know. I know their their storylines don't all connect. It's all like a separate individual story. Yep. But the I'm first one, those... one is a very archaic playthrough. Right. Um, it's going to be very, but respect it for what it is. Oh, I absolutely will. I mean, Final Fantasy, obviously, it's like my favorite series. Um, and I wish I could have experienced it, you know, one, like beat one, then beat two, and then three comes out and all these other yep. games. That's um, how I, I experienced both franchises like that. So I see. And again, that's, some... that, that's how I want to experience Dragon Quest. I want to oh, see like man. the quality of life changes. Oh, man. Cody, they're insane. From from one to two, honestly, is an insane difference. Because um, mm-hmm. Dragon Quest, Dra- uh, Dragon Warrior in the U.S. Not to hijack the podcast, turn this to a Dragon Quest podcast, but I could easily fucking do that too. Um, there's no party in the first one. You're just one guy. You were just the, the main character. Um, but in the second one, I believe you actually get like a party for the first time. Um, but like just just how different the commands are and just how how just again those quality of life changes you see it's a night and day difference and dragon quest 1 was actually a, 
a game that like ended up being like a giveaway. Like you, I want to say like you ordered something and you, or you could like send in like a proof of purchase or some shit and get Dragon Warrior. Um, and that was one of the first Nintendo games I ever had. And it was, uh, I actually played Dragon Warrior before I ever played Final Fantasy. So, and that would it also fit in because when I was a kid watching that Dragon Quest anime, it was under the American name Dragon Warrior. So I was able to put the two together. And of course, the instruction book still had the, the, the Toriyama art, things like that. So, so being able to put all that together, like it, it just it, it resonates with me. It always had. And I, I'm actually super excited for you to play these. But yeah, that's that's really like the big news, especially of today. Uh, is They're also the, long, by the way. Uh, oh not, yeah, the, I know. The, like Dragon Quest five or six get really fucking long. Yeah, I, I've heard the latter half is like hundred hour plus. Um, yep. But I look forward to it, uh, and I look forward to this new. It's Dragon Quest: The Adventure of Die, I believe it's called. Uh, can't wait. All we have right now, I think, is a trailer. I don't know if there's any release date. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a trailer, from what I can tell. But the guys look forward. I, I'm sure we'll be covering that eventually on the podcast. Please whenever, look forward to it. Uh, whenever that comes out. Uh, but yeah, Chris, I don't, I don't got any questions this week. Uh, so guys, if you would like to, you know, send us in a couple questions, uh, we will answer them on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can leave a comment on Facebook or Podbean or even in a review. Anything you want to leave us a question, we'll re- we'll we'll cover that. Excuse me. Yeah, please. Uh, whatever your platform of choice is, you know, hit that like, hit that follow button, that that heart, whatever it is you use. We would love the more the merrier. You know, we appreciate you guys stopping by and listening. You know, again, like we we're looking at anime from a you know a, a casual kind of you know semi. You know, I don't I mean I know Cody loves anime and I love it too, but like I'm most of what we're gonna cover I haven't fucking seen before, so I'm looking at it from a you know from a, an outside looking in perspective, and I'm I'm excited to discover this stuff for the first time, and I hope some of you watching can kind of have that same perspective. Maybe you've been like on the fence about watching anime. But now it's like, well, okay, fuck it. You know, enjoy yourself, crack yourself a couple beers and fucking enjoy some anime while you're, you know, getting schnookered. It's a good time. It's a, it's, I, I'm enjoying it. Again, I am enjoying Death Note a lot more than I thought I would because I was, you almost lost me in the first episode. I was like, I don't fucking know about this. But then, like, it, the story kicked in. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're fucking in. Yeah, I was, I was the same way with the first episode. I was like, uh, I don't, I don't see why, why is this such oh. a big fuss. And also, to and be then, fair, like, two episodes later, I'm glued to the TV. Well, uh, and to be fair, most animes are like that for me. There, there's the only anime that I've ever, ever in my entire life been hooked from the very first episode was Trigun. Every other anime I've ever watched has taken me at least two episodes. Uh, my Hero Academia actually took me three episodes to get into it, but um, Trigun was the only uh, anime that I was ever fucking hooked from episode one. So. That, I expect that to happen now, but... So you were hooked to the old Vash the Stampede? Oh, that, dude, absolutely. That's his name, right? will, Yeah, well, because it was so funny, because not to, not to go off on a tangent before we sign off today, but I was I had um I had just finished reading a science fiction novel called Santiago um, from the 80s by Mike Resnick. It's an excellent book. If you love sci-fi, um, I highly recommend finding a copy. It's hard to find. I don't know if it's even in print anymore. Um, But it was very reminiscent, like the way they describe in the first episode, the way they described Vash's stampede, oh, he's six foot tall, he's this, he's that, like there's this whole mystery behind because no one actually fucking knows what he looks like. That's kind of how this book Santiago was. There's this guy with a title and no one knows what he looks like. So it immediately resonated with me in that regard. But then like the the humor was perfectly timed and then like the action is great and then like you you start to learn more and you're introduced to just a really great cast of characters throughout the entire show 
Um, I quote that show to this day. I still use the, uh, what's her name? Not Meryl, but Lily. I, I, I often mention that I have a separate stomach for cake and ice cream. <laughs> to this day. To this fucking day. Yeah, we might have to nominate Trigun on one of these future polls. Dude, uh, we're going to have to because that's one of my all-time favorites. It's, uh, it's actually one, you know, one that uh, – it's one of the few animes I've actually gotten my little brother into, and he fucking loves Trigun. Um, and I don't know, man. Like the characters just stick out. Like I, I don't have them anymore, but I used to have like the fucking figures. The because uh, I remember, and I, I want this is like gold. I want to save this for the actual podcast, but I want to mention it now while it's in my head. The first time I had not finished the series yet, and I had finally seen, um, I had seen an action figure for Trigun, and the first figure I ever saw was a uh, Monev the Gale, um, the fucking gung ho guns guy with like all the guns and shit, mm-hmm. and I was like. Who the fuck is this guy? And when do we meet this character? And the guy, like the the anime shop, comic shop that I went to, he was like, "Oh, you'll see him in uh, in episode whatever." Because this this guy behind the counter was just like a total like anime guru. He was my sensei for anime. Um, but yeah, it was so crazy, and I, that's I gotten even further down the trigun rabbit hole. So, but that's another story for another time. But in the meantime, I think we've jawed your ear off uh, enough here, people. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Uh, but guys, if you want to participate in these polls that we have, uh, I'm sure we're going to be nominating Trigon here soon. Uh, you guys can follow us at Shonen and Suds on Twitter and at Shonen and Suds on Facebook. Uh, and Chris, I, I I got nothing. We've covered I've everything. Got I nothing need else to do. either. I, I, yeah, I, I I think you uh you did a good job driving, Cody. We're now pulling back into the driveway. This two seater ass beater is a. Uh, parking back into the garage we're putting the tarp over it we're gonna go inside and crack some more brews and call it a week that's right guys and uh i'm cody snodgrass and i am chris adams and we will see you next week yes we will